Jesus filled the streets. Let's have two men bring order to the chaos. Hello and welcome to this very exciting episode of Hardcasters. I'm Dominic Diplom and leaping over a car, quite unconvincingly, here he is, Stick Fassage. <laughs> oh, there I am. That's my uh, mid-leap voice. Yep, I think he pulled uh, something. Uh, I did, lots of things. I'm yeah. in. <laughs> um, how are you? How are you? I'm so good and so much better for getting to talk about Showdown a Little Tokyo, a film that, well... This is this is the thing, right? I, if you indulge me for just a second, I will. Indulge um, away. When I first saw uh, Stanley Kubrick's uh, 2001: A Space Odyssey many many years ago, uh, as a child, I was very confused because it wasn't like Star Wars or Star Trek, um, and I just didn't get it. Then when I saw it, and I was older, and I was getting into films, I remember being quite angry at the film. Um, because it didn't feel like anything was happening. It was just indulging in imagery for the sake of imagery. But for some reason, I kept getting drawn back to it. And then the third time I saw it, I remember thinking, well, I'm not sure I like this film, but there's something there that interests me. And by the fifth viewing, I was not only aware of the subtleties and subtexts and the layers of storytelling that were revealing really uh, insightful and interesting uh, concept and asking questions in ways that I've not seen films asked. But I was enjoying Kubrick's almost um, aggressive attempt to not entertain people. In short, uh, it's a film that on many more viewings, it kind of answered um, a lot of questions I had. Mm. Showdown in Little Tokyo is quite the opposite. Um, The more I see this film the less I understand it. Um, And I saw this, you know, I'd watched it recently. I watched it about a year ago and watching it and had written a review about it, not just kind of watched it in the background, sat and watched it and wrote, uh, thought about it a lot and wrote a review about it. And I watched it again for tonight. And it's like I'd never seen it before. It was just like, I don't understand any of this. It's brilliant. It's baffling. And there's just so many things that I'm sure made sense before, but don't now. It's such a weird... Yeah, I mean, it's it's better than 2001. Let's just get that out of there now. Oh, totally. Like, Kubrick, well, I bet he watched this going, oh, why did I make this film? So that yeah. fucking pretentious sack of shit that I did yeah. make in 1968 about, you know, monkeys and space and all that. Yeah. No, <laughs> this film is better. Yeah, I mean, so... I'm aware there's no monkeys in space in 2001, but to, to literally, <laughs> to quickly do the plot, that's what happens. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it would be redundant of us to explain the plot because I'm not entirely sure what it is. There isn't really one, is there? The, the Yakuza are in town. They're doing something with drugs. The end. Um, oh, and the lead bad guy probably slaughtered Dolph Lundgren's parents as a kid. Um, and this causes... Um, Dolph Lundgren and Brandon Lee's cops to team up for reasons that are unclear. Certainly not official. There's no police captain that puts them together. No. Nope. They just, they meet quite by accident and that means they're partners. Which I thought in, in police work there would be 
a different procedure to partnering someone up rather than just you happen to have bumped into them. I've got a theory about this as well. I don't yeah. know about you, but when I watched it, again, when I, I thought I'd seen it years ago, but I, I can't remember a lot about it, like you say. But when I watched it, it's almost like when they meet, obviously they have a bit of fisticuffs because it's a bit of confusion. But when they realise that each other's cops, they kind of look at each other like a first date, like this mm. kind of some nice, like, kind of attraction there and it almost throughout the film it feels like a slow burn kind of first date film yeah which is you know and they're kind of on a series of dates and understanding each other kind of at a different level to kind of you know buddy mm. cop films it seems a bit like even when golf Ungram shacks up with a lady which we'll talk about later on mm. he's kind of brandon his character gets jealous but not the fact that he's pulled this lady that the lady's kind of with him and the other thing i think i like to address sort of at the start of this is this film plays with time um, and not in a kind of Nolan-esque way in a sense that this film feels like it's four hours long like the amount of stuff that in it if it, it, it's ridiculous but there is a sense uh, that there's kind of an epic feel to it in the sense that it's like Japan's come to America mm. and there's all these things and lots happens in this film but the fucking thing's 76 minutes yeah. it's it's barely a feature film. It's an hour and 15 minutes. It's There have been longer episodes of Game of Thrones than this. This podcast will be longer than the film we're talking about. And again, I've only just realised this on like the fourth viewing. I saw this when I was a teenager and have seen it every four or five years maybe since then. And only just realised it's short. It's, I don't I don't understand it. They they kind of they don't bother with things like dialogue a lot, do they? Like there's no kind of long kind of chatty monologues. It's just action scene, bosh, action mm. scene, bosh, and it kind of cuts between different action scenes. But it does mm. barrel along, like you say. It's it's kind of you feel like you've watched a lot of things happen in basically an EastEnders Christmas special time period. Which yeah. Is... So let's just go through this. Then we we um we start with and and I think. You know, let's be clear. I think they play la fast and loose with the idea of what Asia is. I think the cast and the cast is is Pan Asian, but everyone seems to be playing someone who is Japanese, regardless of what part of Asia yeah. they're from. And the culture tends to be Japanese, even though they just throw a whole bunch of other vaguely Asian cultures in. So it starts with what looks like a kind of... It's tie... Chinatown, isn't it? It's Chinatown. Let's yeah. get this out there now. I don't think there is a little Tokyo in LA. I think they've yeah. rebadged Chinatown. Yeah. It's pretty much what they've done, isn't it? And we open with what seems to be like a Thai kickboxing tournament. Yeah. And, I mean, this is wonderful. So there's, there's, there's people fighting in a ring. There's illegal gambling going on. And we cut to Dolph Lundgren... Who is playing Kenner is his name. Um, I better get this right. Chris Kenner, which is a, I think is a disappointing action name, frankly. It's not like Turk but Ballisto or something. Robbie um, Bazookas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he seems to be on the roof. I don't know why. Uh, and he's got slick back hair and a kind of leather Fonzie jacket, but with a rising sun motif on the back. Yeah. He only seems to wear a vest underneath it yep. and has seemed to have, 
I mean, he's bigger than he is in Rocky Four. He's an enormous human being in this film. Huge. He's absolutely like, enormous. In absurdly this. huge. The kind of huge that you would just CGI now. He looks uh, like Stretch Armstrong as well. He like, yes. He's just got massive limbs. He just looks huge. Mm. The cross, yeah, cross between Stretch Armstrong, the Fonz, and Hitler's wet dream. Of course, being a police officer, he decides to swing like Tarzan down into the middle of the kickboxing match. Yeah. And not in like an exciting way. He just suddenly just appears, like drops out of the sky. Yeah. Decides he's going to arrest, I think, everyone. He just, like, there is like a main guy there, but he does seem to announce just out to the crowd that everyone's under arrest. Yeah. And of course, the, he, the kickboxers turn on him. And what a way to establish how tough your hero is to drop in the middle of a kickboxing match and then to fight two professional kickboxers yep. who he defeats very easily. There's then some gunfire and some slow motion deaths. But the gunfire is brilliant because when there's one lead bad guy who's shooting, but he's kind of shooting like he's leaning back, shouting, and just yeah. kind of spraying everywhere. Like there's not yeah. any accuracy whatsoever to any no. gunplay in it. No, no, no. There are people just waving guns around like they're magical ones. Like kids. You know when kids play with guns? Yeah. And they just kind of run around going, ah, it's a bit like that. I, I, I bet you, I will go, I will lay money down that if you got hold of all the footage without the original, without any additional sound in, all the actors are making the noises on the set. <laughs> yeah. And I think Dolph Lundgren's machine gun noise is a raspberry. It's a <laughs> like that. I think that's the kind of noise he makes. Um, anyway uh, it's just just my <laughs> hypotheses um so then we cut to kari hiroyuki tagawa i be- i really hope i pronounced that well um who as we know is just one of the most awesome villains in anything he plays shang sung in uh mortal kombat um and he's just great in everything he pops up in yeah and he is playing a Yakuza leader who has moved in to this um, country. He seems to have united all of the stereotypical gang leaders. Um, and they've made some new crystal drug. And he cuts one of their arms off. And that means that everyone now is going to do that. Um, and I, I might have got my events mixed up. But ultimately, we end up in a... Oh, no, that's right. He crushes... Um... The guy from the kickboxing match in a car, doesn't he? Yes, um, that's right. And then they go to a party at this kind of swanky house in the Hollywood Hills that's just full of topless women. And there, he there is a uh, a kind of sex worker character who is friends with our leading lady, Tia Korea from Wayne's World. I think it's one of is... her first film roles in this, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean, she does not get anywhere near as much to do as she should. Uh, nope. This 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 sex worker character goes into a room and it apparently she has tipped off someone for some reason I don't know so um, you know you, you it's good to ensure that your villain it comes across as evil I mean you think about Darth Vader at the start of Star Wars the costume that entrance yeah the break in the guy's neck this very much one that ups it this man has uh, sex with the woman videotapes it in front of a bunch of his mates, then beheads her while he's still having sex with her. And he takes her clothes off with a knife, doesn't he? he kind of... Basically, yeah. I think it's really important, and I apologise for lowering the tone early on, that obviously as he slices the head off, we do kind of see a couple of frames of it of the head come off and then it cuts to another scene. But if we didn't cut away, he's got to withdraw. There is a point where he is... 
engaged with a headless body in front of all his mates. And I don't know, that's got to be awkward. Um, but I don't think he cares. That's how, how bad a bad guy he is. Yeah. Sex um, with a headless corpse. Now, and again, we may kind of zip around here. Like I said, there's so much to remember. The film does, though, to be fair. It pings around at a fair yeah. pace, doesn't it? Yeah. So then Lundgren is walking down the street in Little Tokyo, and it seems to be the same street every time they cut back. I think they've got permission for one road. And he goes into a small cafe where the owner, the Japanese owner... Very flirty, isn't she? She's very Flirting with him. And then um, the Yakuza come in, the same Yakuza he's been having trouble with, come in and demand protection money. And he beats the shit out of them while drinking a cup of tea. It's so literally, he ne- he's, he's got one hand, doesn't he? He's drinking yeah. the tea as he's fighting. It's just brilliant. Yeah. Um, and loads of people fly out the window. And now walking along the street happens to be Brandon Lee, who then, seeing the, the carnage, leaps into the cafe. They pull their guns on each other. And as you said... They say, freeze police, and it's revealed they are police officers. And literally, it then cuts to them walking through the police precinct with their suspect, and everyone's saying to Brandley, oh, bad luck, sorry. You know, who are you? We're we're his ex-partners. It's like, well, you're not Dolph Lundgren's partner. You've literally just met him in a cafe. Um, and You're walking with him. Like, that's that's his partner because you're stood next to him. Yeah. Yeah. there is literally no, and I, and there there is no police captain character, which I found odd as well. There's yeah, no one to, there isn't at all, is there? Um, no. So it, it cuts straight to them interrogating this guy, and um, we establish that Dolph Lundgren can speak Japanese and is aware of the tattooing is representative of a clan of yakuza that are responsible for the death of his parents. While they're talking next door, um, this suspect prepares to kill himself by breaking his neck in a pretty unconvincing way. I think. I don't know if that's that's humanly possible, frankly. Yeah. And I think it's the amazement because it's like no one can do that. It yeah. is a bit like, oh. That's enough for them to to follow up an investigation, I guess, and they go off and now they're 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 together. And so um yeah it it, it feels a bit weird. Now the the Brandon Lee Dolph Lundgren dynamic. Um, we're you know we're no strangers to um, sexual undertones between two male characters, um, both in the films we watch and in our daily lives. But yes. um, uh, this is a weird one because this is the first one where it feels unrequited. It very feel much feels like Brandon Lee's character is in love with Dolph Lundgren's character, yeah. whereas Dolph Lundgren's character just wants to squeeze Tia Carrera into the tiniest barrel that he can find. The, um, I mean this. This scene is, I had to watch it. Not, I, I say I had to watch it about three times. It's not because, <laughs> but we, we, we basically, we cut to, Northland's built a house, was in the paper windows and the whole shebang. But outside, he's, he's it, it, it pans to what can only be described as a barrel. Mm. And Dolph Lundgren, as we've established in this film, is bloody massive. He's yeah. literally like a, 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 two men and yeah. he is sat in a in a barrel essentially yeah. just sat and it's almost like his little legs are sticking up out of the out of the barrel yeah and you think that looks tiny and then Tia Carrera who is is in kind of witness protection kind of saunters over with her dressing gown on and you know what's going to happen she goes close your eyes and I was like 
she's not getting in there. She's not going to fit in there, yeah. is she? And she gets in with him. And, and it's the fact that it's played like it's not, it's like saucy but not sexual because there is a, there is a sex scene later that doesn't lead on from this directly. Yeah. It's like she's got to be on him in there. There is they're not two people sharing a a, a kind of naughty bath together. They're both two naked people squeezed into an incredibly tight space. Things oh, are touching yeah, things. Yeah, I mean. Oh yeah, I mean, not just touching like they, she, she, yeah. I mean, she, there's probably accidentally had sex because she had to sit <laughs> on him. It's, it's, it is such a tiny yeah. barrel. It is. It looks ridiculous as well. It, it takes any form of sexiness away from it because it looks so stupid. Yeah, um, but we're we're getting way ahead of ourselves here. He's not even met her in this film yet. We're, this is this is what this film does. It jumps around. In but then, head. yeah, exactly. I mean, she she gets to the bar with him, and then three scenes later, she meets him for the first time. That's how crazy. <laughs> this yeah, yeah. Oh, so then they go to this this bar, this club, which is part nightclub, but also seems to have men eating sushi off of naked women in it. Yep. Which is which is kind of weird. They they walk in, and there is a big fight, which is a pretty good fight. I mean, the fighting's pretty good this Branley, you know he's he's not doesn't have the same kind of presence as his father or the same kind of style of martial arts he's very kind of quick and jumpy but very very good and Dolph Lundgren handles himself adequately um here they meet Tia Career as well for the first time and this ends with I believe Dolph Lundgren chasing them out into the street and jumping over the top of a car as it approaches him he does yes yeah for, um, for, i think from a standing position as well yeah yes yeah oh they also find the beheaded body of the the sex worker i think that clues them into the club that's right and at this point brandon lee's arguing with Dolph longer it's like what did you do there why did you kick off like that what the hell's going on and he's like this these, these guys killed my parents back in japan and at this point, it's like they have their moment where they they argue with each other and it looks like they're going to separate. And then Brandy's like, you know what? I'm going to follow you all the way. And I remember thinking, this feels like they're leading up to the finale. That feels like a moment like the end of Act 2, yeah. breaking into third, and it's 25 minutes. I'm like, well, how have they... They don't even know each other. Now they're breaking up. Now they're like, I'll follow you to the end of the earth. Let's do this. And really, this is the start of the movie. So it's a, structurally, it's kind of all over the place. Now, I want to talk about Brandon Lee's character a little bit. He's very much cast as the wisecracking kind of comic relief, kind of martial arts. Now, what I did kind of like, I think it's interesting. I don't know how it, it, it will go across kind of from a, from a point of view of, of cultural diversity or sensitivity. But I think it's at least interesting ploy to have Dolph Lundgren's character, having grown up in Japan and been deeply immersed in the uh, culture of the samurai, not that we really, I mean, that amounts to him having a sword on his wall and a headband at the end. I don't think there's any real sense that he's, you know, that no yeah, one's done looked, their research here. Um, he looks like the Karate Kid at the end. Basically, oh, that, that costume's <laughs> so good. Anyway, let's, 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 <laughs> let's get ahead of ourselves. Um, whereas Brandon Lee's character, like, look, I, I grew up in the valley um this is not my culture you know i know a little bit of martial arts other than that i'm just a kid and i like the mm. fact that i think that's an interesting dynamic 
But beyond that, Branley's yeah. character doesn't get much to do. Only really point out how great, well, not even how great, how sexy Dolph Lundgren is at regular points. And we'll get into some of the weird dialogue mm. a bit later on as well. Yes, um, please. Because there's some uh, absolute cracking lines in this. Yes, yeah. Um, Branley, so I don't know how much this is scripted or improvised. Branley's got a lot of charisma. Um, sometimes more charisma than he's in the lines he says so quite often he gets lines to say that you think that's that was funny and you think oh, actually no it wasn't it was just it, it wasn't a joke but Brandon Lee said it like it was a joke like he's very good at making things sound kind of light but it's just like words he's been given to say so Brandley does a lot with very very little I can understand why you know um this film for many other people this would have been you know an unremarkable credit but this shows off what he can do when given very little to work with um and the banter does get it gets weird as we said it does get a little bit better and again we'll talk about that later on but generally speaking any exchange they have just seems weirdly stilted like they're desperately trying to make something out of nothing yeah um but thankfully dialogue as you said is very very short between scenes and before we know it um we're up to our next big action sequence and just a treasure trove of, of odd choices. And that is Dolph Lundgren rescuing Tear Korea from um, our bad guy's house. Well, the bad guy leaves the morning, leaving a skeleton crew of bad guys, including Al Young, who yes. is uh, the guy who eats the chocolate bar in Die Hard, <laughs> the torturer in Lethal Weapon. Yep. He's in every movie that requires... Uh, a US made movie that in the 80s and 90s that required an Asian kind of henchman. Yep. You know who I'm talking about. He's also in Brandon Lee's Rapid Fire, where he, he gets a proper martial arts fight scene. I mean, the guy can do martial arts as well. He doesn't actually often get to do a lot other than be a sub character, but he's like a lead bad guy in that movie. And he's actually pretty good. The fight scene yeah. between him and Brandon Lee is excellent. Anyway, I digress. Lungman's like, fuck this, I'm going in. Now, thinking about it from the, the strategy of police work, of how you might handle yourself in a gunfight, how you might best infiltrate a place and extract a hostage from it, and how that marries up with what Lundgren does. He basically, if if he he might as well have drove a bulldozer through the house. Yeah. Because that's essentially what happens. Doesn't he punch yeah. a man through a window? quite early on to uh, he jumps yeah. through a window doesn't he and then punches a man out of another window is that right yeah, yeah. he punches through a door that's right yeah, yeah. grabs a groat of a guy by his nuts and pulls him through the door by his testicles yeah, yeah. um then he starts just shooting up the place and at one point he just rolls around on, on the carpet firing and again just waving a gun around yeah um, people fall over there is uh, a point where he picks up tear career and just walks through a plate glass window. That's right, yeah. Like um, Frankenstein. Like it looks it, like Frankenstein. That's what I say. It's like someone's just, um, I don't know, thrown salt in Herman Munster's eyes and said, just walk through this glass factory. <laughs> it's just this stomping creature. <laughs> <laughs> just hobbling but about. What's great about it is, is, is he literally bulldozes his way through the house. But this is, again, this links to a, an incredible bit of dialogue later on. But he basically. He 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 pretends he's got the stealth of a ninja, which he fucking hasn't. There's none of that because <laughs> no. he creeps up on Tia Carrera and she turns around and he and he says, "Oh, you'll never see me coming," 
and yeah. actually when you see this scene like this if if there's no stealth in whatsoever he's like he's like if mr bean put a ninja costume on yeah or, or frank spencer dressed as ninja and roller skated through a house that's what if, it looks if like. you covered a giraffe in bells <laughs> and put it on roller skates and kicked it down a stairwell <laughs> that's the kind of level of stealth we're dealing with yeah here. Now, what's great, though, is that as he's lumbering through a window and just slowly carrying Tia Korea, like he's the creature from the Black Lagoon, across the room, yep. there is a bad guy following him with a machine gun, just following him, not firing at him. Nope. Follows him out the thing, across the balcony, up onto the roof, just watching. And then Dolph Lundgren turns around and just shoots him, and he dies. And it's like, mm. at what point did you not just decide to open fire on them? Yeah. <laughs> then he jumps down. He decides he's going to pick a car up and flip it on its side. That's right. Um, yeah. Which he does. And then that car blows up from yep. getting some bullets in the roof. Um, and that's that's the action sequence. I mean, it's it's the most cumbersome, awkward, lumbering action sequence. Yeah. But it is, at the same time, just, just joyful. Yeah. Just wonderful. Um, and then this leads us to them going back to their base of operations which is Dolph Lundgren's kind of Japanese style house um, yeah that he's built himself apparently yeah with his uh, well with, with part of his body um and so him and Brandon Lee are kind of hanging out there and now Tia Career here now Tia Career is in a very attractive woman yep. and it's very clear that her and Dolph Lundgren are going to have sex and that Brandon Lee He's just going to be finding something to do with his time while I do that. But as we said, yep. this 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 starts with him in in his barrel, and then Tierkrier comes up and says, "Oh, do you mind if I join?" And then just sits on him in a barrel. Yeah. Then they go to bed. Then she walks into his room as if to say, "I'm scared. Can I sleep with you tonight?" I think she says something like, "I'm scared, and my pillows aren't very comfortable." It's like yeah. so shit. Yeah. Like, oh god. I mean. Um, she, and like I say, earlier on, he sneak, sneaks up on her twice and says, and she turns around, oh, we're shocked, and goes, oh. And he goes, You're, you'll never see me coming. And it's yeah. like that he's got this ninja stealth. So anyway, they yeah. they um, they have sex. And as sex scenes go, it is immensely awkward. Um, Dolph yeah. Lundgren you looks like... You feel like you're watching, you don't want to watch this. You're like, I don't yeah. want to be in this room. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, Tia Korea is um, waving her head around... Whereas Dolph Lundgren looks like he's doing a difficult sum. <laughs> he just looks really, really yeah. like he's struggling to work out some long division or something. Yeah, yeah. And it lasts about two seconds and then she lies down and then she delivers the line. And I'll let you say this uh, you. in your in your sexiest voice. <laughs> <laughs> she, she turns around to him, looks at him in the eyes you know, kind of post-coil, and says, um, that time I heard you coming. <laughs> which, which, here's the thing, though. We we witnessed that, and he didn't make a sound. So she's literally saying she heard no. the sound of his semen leaving his penis. <laughs> Not... Do you, think it made the, do you think it made the same noise as, as what you thought he makes when he's firing a machine gun? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, the, the look on his face, it would have been a noise like, uh, like <laughs> just a really, really unenthused, bored yeah. noise. 
whatever noise it would, it would have a question mark at the end. <laughs> it uh, would. Uh, It'd have a, ra- a raised inflection <laughs> orgasm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so now, again, we're, I, I'm getting stuff muddled here because I don't know whether this is before or after the, the nappy fight in the... Oh, it's definitely after, isn't it? Because So let's put a pin in Lundgren's raised inflection orgasm. So they, they take Tia Korea back to the house and um, they head off to a, a bathhouse, which seems to be in the same street as the cafe. Um, they go in and the two of them just start beating shit out of people in there for seemingly no reason at all. They they beat the crap out of the guy on the desk. They barge into this bathhouse and there are, is the bad guy, all his henchmen, all wearing what are essentially kind of probably your biggest frame reference would be a sumo nappy kind of yeah. part loincloth part nappy and there ensues a big fight with lots of wobbly buttocks um, and it's all your japanese stereotypes in there isn't it yeah all your kind of every kind of henchman you could possibly imagine in a, in a kind of japanese yeah you know. um at one point a really fat man belly flops on Dolph Lundgren, and they wrestle he around does. a little bit in slow motion. You don't um, see a belly flop in an action film, do you? No. Um, there's also a point where someone fires a hose at Dolph Lundgren and knocks him over, which kind of plays like slapstick. It's kind of silly. Yeah. It's good. Um, but then it turns really brutal. Dolph Lundgren stabs a fat guy in the stomach and then shoves the hose down his throat. And then Branley shoots a bunch of guys, but bare-chested. You see the squibs go off on their flesh, which is... You know, pretty tough stuff for uh, what has so far been a a weirdly kind of tonally all over the place film. So, but that is a that is a highlight. That is not only a that's a good action scene, a good fight scene, um, and works works well. Then they go back, and he has a weird orgasm, um, uh, and then it gets weirder because after that line, the bad guys attack him and Brandon Lee are tooling up, ready for the assault. Brandley turns and says to Dolph Lundgren, there's a line about um, him saying about her getting off with him. Like, I could, I knew that was that was going to happen or something. And then um, Dolph Lundgren says she was scared. And then Brandley says, which is a line I've never picked up before, well, I saw you undress. I'd be scared, right? Which is, yeah. again, which they just kind of breeze past. And then they're, they're about to go out and, and start shooting butch and sundance style and then brandon goes oh by the way just one thing i need to tell you before you die you've got the biggest dick i've ever seen on a man thank you and then they go out shooting now apparently uh again we we can't do a podcast that mentioned his name on the scott adkins podcast dolph lundgren said that brandon lee came up with that line that was improv right um and i mean it's it's good it's funny but it's super weird it really um, is weird. And it just feels like that throughout that whole thing, Brandley was just sat there watching the two of them the whole time, particularly <laughs> Dolph Lundgren's penis. Anyway, there's a shootout. I think the barrel hot tub takes some bullets in it, um, but they are captured and his homemade house is burnt to the ground. Yep. And our heroes are it whisked off. It doesn't take very long because it just, it's just made of paper. It's, it's made <laughs> of... Isn't it? And... Um, they are then strapped shirtless to kind of Rambo 2 style, a, a, an electrified metal grate um, where there's a guy who's kind of operating the controls like he's a DJ um, and torturing them. So we go into a bit of lethal weapon, a little bit yeah. of uh, um, Rambo 2. 
and this this is where this kind of the banter starts to click there's a good line where brandley says um don't you know between cooking cycles you're supposed to basters and the doctor right. goes yeah you fucking idiots like, <laughs> i but might be laughing and screaming in pain yeah. at the same time yeah. it's brilliant um but again, he looks like Frankenstein strapped to this big gurney, doesn't yeah. he? He looks like proper, just as some sort of monster. Yeah. His plan to get out is to just take his hand out the, the strap. It doesn't seem to be that difficult and punch a few people out. Then they escape uh, into, and they get in a car, and then the car is put in a crushing machine. A- and say, at this point, it's so kind of, the, the structure's so all over the place, the credits are rolling. <laughs> so- <laughs> the credits are rolling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then the credits stop rolling and we're back into the yeah. uh into the breaking out of the second act part yeah. where they're talking about it'll be good if we're it'll be good to pretend to be dead for a while um That's which, right. they, which they don't do because they immediately <laughs> yeah. start go on the attack now this there's a brief interlude where we see Dolph Lundgren uh, a sweaty Lundgren doing some kicks in another house I don't know whose house this is but it seems to be his and I do. I think at this point as well, they make a couple of mentions that they're well over the line, and obviously the police arrive after they've just murdered a bunch of people in a mm. bathhouse. And you do get to realise that oh, these are just terrible, terrible cops who are not doing this because it's their job. They are just out to kill people. Like they yeah. stopped being policemen a long time ago. They don't even start be police no. people. And Brandy's got no dog in this race. No, he's just. Clearly, he's so in love with with Dolph Lundgren's character. He's like, "Oh, I'll help you. Oh, I don't need yeah. a career. I'll just throw it all away." Anyway, Dolph Lundgren does some karate, then dresses up like the fucking Karate Kid. What? What? Which? What an outfit! He, he's literally like he's got it for his birthday, and he's yeah. put it on for the first time and come downstairs to show his mum and dad. It's yeah. so ridiculous. The parents have bought their kid who suffers some for some weird disorder where they're. A, fucking giant and they've bought them a dress up ninja outfit i mean it's got massive mc hammer karate trousers yeah a kind of it's kind of like what sub-zero and scorpion wear over the top ninja suit it's a big mm-hmm. kind of triangular shoulder pad thing and then a headband that isn't a headband because headbands are like belts this covers his entire forehead it's huge yeah. um, it is massive and i don't know why he's wearing it it's got no tactical value because it's not like no. he's entering a tournament. He's running around the streets. So the bad guy is in his warehouse, his drug-making warehouse. He's got Tia Carrera hostage. Um, he's going to finalise the deal or whatever. This might be where he cuts the guy's arm off. I can't remember. And uh, Lundgren and Lee um, hijack a truck carrying, I think, drugs under the guise of beer. They're driving... Yeah, right. Japanese beer. Yeah, yeah, and their plan is such a great plan, is to just drive that truck through a solid wall, and they yep. they literally completely stack it. I mean, the truck turns on its side. Yep. I mean, as plans go, they they could have died right there and then. It looks like you know, when it crashes to the wall, it looks like the bad guys should turn around and go like pause, and then turn back to each other and go. Anyway, where were we, lads? <laughs> yeah. <Not> more drugs? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, it's and then. What ensues is um, more of the same of just people waving guns around uh, in general directions and people falling over. And it's all good fun and fine. Um, Brandley 
uh, I think chases down the guy that that tortured them. See, this is where Brandley doesn't really get a great fight at the end. You, I think you really needed a, a martial arts henchman for him to properly face yeah. off against. That being said, the death is pretty good. He drops him into a vat of some kind of liquid, which causes him to explode. I think. That's right. Oh, no, no. Yeah, he, dro- he drops a he drops a um, a lighter down, doesn't he? And then it blows yeah. up the whole That's thing. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Again, very likely killing Brandon Lee, but but doesn't. Dolph Lundgren ends up chasing the bad guy into the street, and this is where uh, it gets even better. So, this is uh, like if we we should have pitched this. If, yeah. if we pitch the film in a minute, this is how it would end. We're going to have to go some way to beat oh, this. So they, are we? he chases him into a what seems to be some kind of parade. We don't know why this parade is happening. It's not being foreshadowed. We're not aware that there's some kind of nope. um, um, Japanese national holiday. It's just a bunch of people, children, lots of old age pensioners, people in costume marching down the street. There's There's floats, there's fireworks. And... Dolph Lundgren and the bad guy sort of face off and they form a circle around them. All these these passers-by, all these old people and kids, um, they manage to get samurai swords off these people on horseback who are car- apparently carrying real sharp samurai swords. Yeah. And they proceed to have a violent battle where they're hacking bits off each other in front of everyone. That's right. Um, and and it's, it's, a, it's an all right fight. But by God, the ending... I don't really know how to do this justice, to be fair, because mm. essentially, again, this is like we would have pitched it. So they're, mm. they're kind of two in and throwing samurai swords. And he essentially, does he throw him or kind of punch him onto kind he, of spinny wheel? He stabs him, doesn't he? And then does he pick him up with the sword and throw him. That's so he right. Stab, yes. Stab so it. It's basically like one of those kind of, you know, you see at a circus, one of those kind of spinny things that people throw knives at. It looks like yeah. that. So essentially he picks it, he stabs through mm. the villain and throws him at this board, mm. which is great in itself. Yeah. And then <laughs> we find out this wheel's like a giant Catherine wheel, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> which, <laughs> which just spins him round and then... He catches yeah, it, fire. He catches fire. That's right. It just—it's a gift that keeps on giving. It's like there's, yeah, there's it does. sparks, and and everyone's looking at this man burning to death, having been impaled. And then there's a point where they're talking. They cut back just to see like the remains of his burning corpse just swimming yeah. around. And there's kind of kids watching around, just eating and laughing. It's all yeah. like, hey, parade. <laughs> and then, and then, they're about to walk off, and all the Japanese people bow down to Dolph Lundgren. I'm like, I don't know about you, but if you were in the middle of a Japanese parade and the most Aryan-looking man in the world chased Mm -hmm. another Japanese person into the street, hacked him to pieces and pinned him to a Catherine wheel... Basically kebabbed the man. (laughs) You wouldn't be cheering for the white guy. Or you'd just be stunned. Or you'd be sat there just kind of like... Just clapping, just look like tears coming down your eyes because yeah. it's just so horrific what you've just seen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the amount of therapy required to rehabilitate the people have just seen this horribly violent attack. Um, and then I can't remember what the last line is, but then it's it's freeze frame credits as they walk off into the distance, and it's over. And you don't really know why any of this stuff really happened, but all of it's just so bizarre and great. I mean, to be fair, what 
if if you take our podcast and if you edited it and you chopped it up and just dropped it in a sequential order that you you know you you chose mm. an order you wanted to drop it in, it would make as much sense as if you watched the film. Mm. If you yeah, yeah. M- move this film around and you know kind of jumped in the beginning and then chopped it all up and listened back to it and then watched the film, you'd be like, "Yep, yeah, pretty much the same." Yeah, because it's just such a strange narrative yeah. order. And the fact I saw this film four days ago and I still can't remember what all the things happen in or why. Yep. And it's a film I've seen like five times or four or five times. It just goes, it, it's baffling. It's difficult to get a grip on. You remember the key bits, but how they connect, <laughs> how and why they connect right. together in what order is bizarre. Now, the other thing I find interesting is that during the 90s, there was a fascination with the Yakuza, late 80s, early 90s. Mm. Black Rain with Michael Douglas. Um, yeah, I was thinking uh, the first thing I was thinking of. American is Ra- Rising Sun as well. As Rising, Rising Sun. Sun. Rising Sun, I'm pretty sure, has a similar scene to the um the the prostitute being executed in an office. I think there's almost yes, like does. A, I think they're very similar films in some at least in some very superficial story elements. Um there's American Yakuza, Blue Dragon, and they almost always feature as well terrible cops. Like, I don't know if you've seen Black Rain recently, but that's yep. the whole thing in that is Michael Douglas is a cop who's possibly corrupting on the take. And then you find out he is. He's just mm-hmm. a piece of shit. Um, but we're He's just to not learn. quite as much of a piece of shit as the villains. Yeah, and that's basically the only laudable thing about him. He, otherwise, he's just a bad policeman. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it is about Yakuza and bad cops, but that seems to go together in this kind of, this, this era of film where, the, the accuser was this new exciting thing, you know, mm. samurai swords, tattooed bodies, and terrible, terrible police work. I think it's also worth mentioning that um, this is directed by Mark Lester, who also directed Commando, which might go some way as to explain the bizarreness of it. Um, Class of 1984, he directs as well, which is a fantastic that and yep. 1999. His uh his most recent finished film was called Dragons of Camelot in 2013, which sounds great. Um, I'm in. I'm, I'm yeah. in, in. I mean, I don't what I don't know what the hell it's about, but I, I, yeah, I mean, I'm all yeah. the way. Um, I'm really looking forward to digging into the keywords here. Also, just so you know, not that this is a surprise to anyone. Uh, last week's keywords for Blood and Bone were dungarees and curlers, despises Newton. And mid-credit sodomy, all of which have been approved, obviously. So can we just put coffee bottom in each week? I'm <laughs> just pointing for every single so. film that we review. We're gonna have to pitch a film called Coffee Bottom at some time, just to <laughs> so um breasts is the eighth keyword in 135. Electric torture, uh hot tub. I think they're being very generous with the term tub there. Um, Decapitation, buttocks, male full frontal nudity. Hmm. Male frontal nudity. A few asses, but. Yeah, I don't remember any. um, And we'd have remembered. I mean, we look very, very hard for that. Man admiring other man's penis is a keyword, which. That would have been one of ours. <laughs> okay, I, 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 I'm standing up and Can we doff, doff caps to that, yeah. please? Breast fondling is in there. Kissing while having sex. Oh, you saucy bastard. Um, 
the underwater scene. Yeah, 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 and then, then the thing. So Mexican standoff, exploding car. Yeah, you know, there's nothing in here that is particularly shocking. So, uh, you know, we've got the the <laughs> the the penis thing covered. So um, I've got one. I don't know if it'll be accepted or not. Yep. But it needs to kind of relate to the, the you know, the, the classic one-liner. Can we have mm. stealth ejaculation, please? Yep. It's like I'm on countdown. <laughs> Can I have stealth ejaculation, please, Carol? <laughs> uh, I mean, at this point, I think anything's going in. Um, belly flop? Yeah. Sex in a barrel. Because it's yes. not a hot tub, is it? It's not a hot tub. That's three I've added. Um, they all needed to be added as keywords, and these do not exist um, already. I mean... What about think... unrequited love? Yes. That's what the film's about, essentially, isn't it? It's a film about unrequited love. Yeah. I'm just going to put Herman Munster in. <laughs> As a keyword, just to confuse people. Now, okay, we've got, uh, let's put one more in. So we've got six this time round. I think we've got some options here. We've got some some reference to his ridiculous (laughs) outfit. Yeah. Some reference, which would be difficult to word, of the fact the bad guy is having sex with a headless corpse. Mm. Or some vague reference to just how confusingly structured uh, this film is. Um, I'm thinking the easy one would be just go ridiculous outfit. I think go with something. I think go with that because it is it is ridiculous. It, need, it needs noting. Christmas Day Dolph. <laughs> Can you imagine him, him coming downstairs on Christmas morning, standing at the foot of the stairs, really little proud look on his face. And his mum's like, go on, Dolph, shows your kicks. And he kicks his mum through the window. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay, that's it. Unrequited Love, Herman Munster, and Christmas Day Dolph. Before we start pitching you the kind of movies that make you cry out your penis, <laughs> I don't know why I said that. <laughs> uh, uh, it's, we, 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 got, we need to think about the kind of merchandise that, that didn't exist for this film. Um, now, Obviously, the first thing I'm going to go to is the costume. I think it would be great to buy an oversized ninja costume um, so you could dress up like Dolph Lundgren. But I think all the pictures on the back of the packet should be people in that outfit doing things that outfit is not suited for, Yeah, as is in the film. So not fighting in a tournament, not fighting in ancient Japan, doing the hoovering, maybe a child at school studying dressed like it. Um, uh, up a ladder like you know putting a light up or something yeah uh, open heart surgery stuff like that <laughs> um all the all the uh, you know, the, the panelists on loose women <laughs> <laughs> at a funeral something like that <laughs> um <laughs> so um, that's one. I would, I would like to see a range of action figures. I think a, and I think it'd be that thing where the figures are slightly bigger. So, obviously, you had your Star Wars size three and a quarter inch figures, 
but I'd want to go to the same kind of size. Do you remember? Do you remember the original A Team action figures? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'd get like the Star Wars size ones, and then you get the slightly bigger ones with the squishy rubber heads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That size, the the, the figures of that size, <laughs> and they've all got they're all plastic, obviously, but they've all got coats made out of real material. So Dolph Lundgren's character is a solid plastic figure with like a sculpted weird rubbery face, but his leather jacket is mm. made out of real material that can take on and off. Um, I think the Karate Kid action figures kind of had this as well. Yeah. They had like a real karate outfit. And they've all got a special martial arts action. So you'd get that, you get Brian and Lee, you'd get the a couple of the villains in nothing but nappies. Um can, you, can Dolph Lundgren's one be like so much bigger than the rest of them? Like yeah. when you're playing with it, it's just like you've got it from another place. He's like yeah. it's about ten like times it. the size of Brandon Lee's one. Yeah, it's like you've you've got you're playing with on one hand He-Man figures, but you've brought in Brave Star. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I also think you need two two figures for Dolph Lundgren. You need the one with the leather jacket, and you need the the karate outfit one as well. Absolutely. Um. I think there would be a hot tub playset that you physically cannot fit two action figures into. They just don't I, go. I also think that I the, he should Dolph Lundgren should release his own range of, of hot tubs. That's just the small. It's basically you're sat in a sink. So he, he he goes to like the garden. <laughs> <laughs> he goes to the garden center, and it's all these luxurious hot tubs, and there's ones in the corner that are budget ones. And it's just like, <laughs> just the stupidest small. It's like a bird bath. I've got like the Dolph image. Lundgren sat in a bird bath. I've got the image of Dolph Lundgren, sort of just just his ass is in it, and his legs and arms and everything is all splayed out like yeah. a daddy long legs. Yeah. And but also the taps are in his back, so he's really in pain and agony. And that's like the advertising poster. That's that's the thing advertising it. So, I mean, as merchandise goes, that's pretty, pretty impressive. Yep. Dress-up costume, range of weirdly-sized action figures, and a short-lived range of hot tubs that are too small for any human to fit in. Yep. So, my first idea was um, obviously the, the showdown Little Tokyo. So they've they've taken Chinatown and rebadged it. So it's kind of a small community and they've kind of rebadged it. So my first yeah. idea was just to pick a random country yeah. and have them go to showdown. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm laughing because I've got the title generator up and I, yeah. I haven't even pressed the button yet. And the ones it's just opened up with are all great. So, sorry, I, I just saw them out the corner of my eye. Carry on. I, I forgot. <laughs> so, I mean, it, we could go, it sounds like we need to go to that in a minute, but uh, I was thinking like showdown in little little Switzerland or little Ethiopia yeah. or something that's just a really random country where we yeah. team two people who have a, a vague, vague smattering of link to that country, but it's completely <laughs> played with the stereotypes Yeah, of that. My second idea was we do the buddy cop thing mm. and we set it in a small community. But I thought it was Dolph Lundgren and he'd team up with a cartoon character and they'd go to two, like Toontown and yep. it's showdown in like Toontown and he gets teamed up with like a wisecracking cat or something like that that's yeah. animated. 
And it, it basically it plays like Roger Rabbit, but almost like a serious action film where he teams up with an animal and yeah. it's a wisecracking animal to solve a case. He, 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 it follows the same beats as shown on Little Tokyo. So he meets a sexy skunk woman character and he has sex with her in, in this kind of like burrow. It's just really weird. But yeah, um, so it's, it's basically who frame Roger Rabbit meets Showdown Little Tokyo. I don't absolutely. think they have to be separate ideas. I think let's Brilliant. let's throw a title in. And see okay. what blends together. So, uh, cranking the old girl up. I mean, okay. So these are the ti- These are not all titles appropriate to this film, but just some of them are good. So we got dirty loss, pumping maze, ambitious dancer, tight business, naked fingers, um, and explosion at, at bicep mountain. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's pretty special. Um, Explosion at Bicep Mountain. Yeah. Uh, Assault of the Blast Human. Uh, Storm at Ancient Naples. Duel at Satan's Arena. Protest at Ancient. <laughs> protest in Ancient Baghdad. Battle at Bikini Miami. <laughs> Eyes of the Kick Phantom. <laughs> Affair at Ancient Moon. One Day at Lost Tokyo. Pro- protest at Gothic Italy. <laughs> I mean, there's some good stuff here. There's crackers there. Yeah. <laughs> Violence at Impenetrable Park. I mean, that sounds like Dolph Lundgren's gone for a day at Alton Towers. And it's yeah. all a bunch of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it just gave me the title. <laughs> Look out! Exclamation mark. It's the fondue bullet. I don't, know what, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I mean, if that's not a title, that's got to be a line in the film, surely. <laughs> okay, so... It, it... Where does fondue come from? What country is fondue? Uh, it sounds French, doesn't it? It's got to be French. Well, we should know. Yes, because we're French, aren't we? Yep. Um, yes, we okay. are. Just we fondue. Yeah. So... <laughs> What do we think? I mean, I don't know whether we're going to use any of these verbatim. I mean, Explosion at Bicep Mountain's pretty special. It's it's of the flavour. That doesn't quite fit what we're doing. Was there anything else there that that caught your... I mean, I mean that started, I mean, we started early there, didn't we? Explosion yeah. at Bicep Mountain was just like, boom, yeah. in there. I think... Unless we have that as a title, we get rid of like the ethnic part, but he's still teamed with a cartoon animal. Yeah. I mean, the 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 that they could be a mountain in the middle of this town. Okay. Um, like, let's say we couldn't get the permits to shoot in LA, so we had to go to somewhere. You know, like Dante's Peak, like a small town that's got a mountain near it. Like, yeah. And we've just had to assume that's a small part of. Maybe that's like it could be Little Kilimanjaro or something. It's, little uh, Tibet. Little Tibet. Yeah, Little Tibet, <laughs> and it's a. Uh, yeah so okay so it's explosion at bicep mountain we've got Dolph Lundgren he's gonna have to go to this place where this mountain bicep mountain Mm. so I like the idea that maybe inside the mountain there are there's some kind of treasure that the bad guys are mining for like blood diamonds or whatever yeah and they've hired slaves but all the slaves are incredibly muscular men 
I like the fact that maybe like some of the characters are animated, but we never explain why. That's got nothing to do with the plot. Yeah, there's no, oh god, there's there's no there's no no one actually works out why this cartoon character is never ever no. explained at all. Yeah, um, and so they go there to uh, Dolphin goes there. He's going to free the slaves and try and stop Bicep Mountain from exploding. That sounds yeah. like a plot. Okay. First things first. Uh, well, it's not the first thing, but at some point, uh, <laughs> Dolph Lundgren's got to dress more ridiculous than he does in General Tokyo. Right, I'll tell you what. <clears throat> so, Bowset Mountain, so we, we've kind of gone little to bet, hmm. um, but for some reason, is we, we start off in the, in the, in the police precinct. Hmm. Every single one of his colleagues are all cartoon characters, except for him. Mm. And it's never explained why, but it always feels out of place. Yeah. So his his reaction to feeling out of place is each day we see him, like each day he comes on, and it kind of we see him on different days mm. arriving to work. He tries to dress like a cartoon character, mm. but each time we see him on screen, he looks more ridiculous than last. So one one point he dresses in like a suit, like a, yeah. a like a gangster pinstripe suit. But it's kind of like one of those, like you see on a stag do, and it's inflated. Yes. And he's got like those kind of big pink Elton John glasses, like really comedy glasses. Yeah. Um, and like um, like a fair, just really every day he's just like more and more ridiculous. But he's just got a police badge hanging on his suit. But again, yeah. it's never explained why he looks so ridiculous. One day he comes in um, dressed like um, with kind of like kind of mickey mouse it's just a pair of braces and huge red trousers yeah yes well i i, I was say, i was gonna say that i think that's his starting outfit he's wearing red dungarees white gloves yeah and that's it <laughs> yeah um so okay so let's his opening scene then uh we're introduced to him as a cop mm. and he's gonna be infiltrating something bizarre um in a bizarre way for no real reason. So yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna launch this off. It's not a Thai boxing match. In Little Tibet, there is an underground backstreet, totally illegal dressage tournament. And so we're in this kind of dusty warehouse, and there are these nasty looking bad guys expertly maneuvering horses over a tiny assault course. While yep. crowds cheer and money's changing hands. Brilliant. And they're like lifting their little their little hoof up um, <laughs> and like bowing. And then Lundgren swings in on a rope in yep. big red dungarees and white gloves. Yeah. Kicks one guy off his horse. Yeah. Tells the horse it's under arrest. <laughs> and then the horses attack him. And they're like bucking and kicking him and he's dodging and punching them. Um, he has a fight with two horses, is basically Brilliant. what I'm saying. Um, and then once he's killed them. Everyone, including everyone in the crowd, pulls out guns um, and everyone just starts shooting. Um, <laughs> and he just rolls around on the floor. Remember teddy bear rolls they used to do as a kid? Like you'd, yeah. you'd sit your legs apart, hold on to your feet. <laughs> he's doing that, but he's got guns where his feet are. <laughs> he's doing that around the warehouse. And everyone's shooting at him. And there's bullets firing next to him, but he's firing off. Not, he's not even looking what he's doing. And everyone's he just... Is he whooping at the same time? He's he's whooping and hollering, <laughs> and blowing raspberries, 
<laughs> and people are just falling over left, right, and center. Occasionally, yeah. <laughs> the idea. If you imagine like um, bleachers, like you know, staggered mm. thing, and there's a crowd there, yeah, and it cuts to him doing teddy bear rolls, and when it cuts to the crowd, like some of them are falling over, some of them are not. Some of them in like yeah. very different places. Like there's no way he shot those two at the same time. A couple of them are on wires. Like one of them gets pulled off and gets flying. Another one is on yeah. a wire that just lifts them up vertically. Yeah. Like there's just no logic or reason. Are some of them animated as well? Yes. Some of them are animated, um, obviously. <laughs> um, and one person runs by, he shoots one person with a gun and they catch fire. And I don't know right. why. Um, and then um, a cartoon owl comes on and throws a bucket all over them. It's it's mad. I. I'd like to think as well. So how are we tying all this together? So basically, Little Tibet is a part of LA hmm. that allows, you know, animated characters to live and work with people. Hmm. However, the kind of Tibetan regime, the people who run it, i.e. who people who run Bicep Mountain and the rest of Little Tibet, have increasingly kind of shown cruelty towards animated. So there's kind of like, a, you know, the people ruling... And Dolph Lundgren just wants to be part of the, you know, help the animated people out, make them not feel secular and help them overthrow the evil people at Bicep Mountain to kind of, you know, get everyone free. Hmm. But again, in doing this, it behaves more and more like a cartoon character. Yeah. Fine. So at this point, keeping with the tradition of showing Little Tokyo, we then have the end credits. So this is our opening scene. <laughs> then we have a full eight minute, white text on black background text yeah. scroll yeah of every fucking crew member the catering team everything yeah. animators yeah then we cut back to the next scene um and he's now walking down the street what's his next outfit uh i reckon his next outfit is like uh, a, a ridiculous sailor outfit yeah like popeye yeah or mr Staypuff, one of the two yeah yeah, a combination of the two. Um, and he's he's kind of walking on. He's got a little pipe. He sees uh, a fight in the local, let's say, proctologist. So like the bath scene, but yep. here it's like an open plan communal proctology. So everyone's kind of bent over a table <laughs> and everyone's having their rectums examined. <laughs> and he yep. um, wanders in for his because, yep. you know, and he's got a cartoon proctologist. Yeah. He's got a really big wobbly hand. Um, <laughs> and just as that happens... They've got springs for feet, so they're just bouncing <laughs> up and down everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And just as that, the, the cartoon character's kind of um, uh, wrist deep in Dolph Lundgren when the bad guys come in. Are the bad guys Tibetan monks? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, uh, yeah, a, yeah. a gang of Tibetan monks who are all dressed like Tibetan monks but they talk like Chicago gangsters. Yes. From the twenties. Yeah. Uh, come in <laughs> and uh, they start making kind of veiled threats. We don't want something to happen to this place. Yeah. Kind of stuff. Um, while like manipulating stress balls and hovering off the ground with their legs crossed. Yeah. <laughs> and Lundgren goes like, I'm not having this shit. And he stands up now at this point, the cartoon character is still in him. So the cartoon character being dragged behind. Yeah. Um, and Dolph Lundgren kicks the shit out of Tibetan monks. That's a bit of martial arts sequence. Yeah. Um, and at that point, a Tibetan monk goes flying out the window, just like in Showdown Little Tokyo. Mm. And there we meet our 
our Brandon Lee standing. So we need to know what kind of thing he is that's been animated. Is he a creature? Is he an inanimate object? Is he like a talking lamp or something? Um, and who is he voiced by? I can, I can tell you who he's voiced by. I can Go tell you that right now. Do it. I want it to be someone who is equally kind of has got some form of charisma, but he's also quite annoying. So I'm going to go for Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker, yeah. And I, I'm digging the inanimate object kind of thing. I think yeah. that could be quite fun. I was thinking like massive kind of streetwise cat, but I think inanimate object might be even better. Yeah, like a, an oven or a washing machine or something <laughs> or a giant sofa that, or like an armchair. And like I, I've got it. I've got going. it. I've got it. What about just a massive barrel? With yes. eyes, yes, and because Dolph then Lundgren he could have s- sex with a female <laughs> carriage inside. <laughs> yep, he's a barrel full of water. <laughs> it's with two feet, big eyes, and a flat. And he walks like, but yeah, he's just yeah. got a ridiculous walk, huge eyes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so he sees the monk fly out. He leaps into action. Um, he starts kicking the shit out of a few months. The monk falls into him like the bucket yeah. of water. Yeah, drowns. Um, and he's like, fuck off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Got a dead monk inside me. Um, um, yeah, it's per- and then they kind of see each other and like, same thing, freeze police. Yeah. And um, then... What's the pop- barrel, what's he called? What's the barrel called? So... <laughs> um, how about um I like the idea it's kind of like the Miami Vice thing, his name's like Tubbs. Tibby Tubbs or something. <laughs> um but he's he's got the nickname Hot from being so kind of streetwise and ready hot, for action. Hot Tubsworth. <laughs> yes, yes. Good. Hot, hot Tubsworth. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, we haven't named uh, Dolph Lundgren's character. Oh, um, uh, now we said Chris Kenner is a disappointing name, so we've really got to go all out yeah. here. What about if we did what we did before, where we pick two names? So we pick like you, I'll pick a name, you pick a name, and we'll see if they mesh together. Yes. So okay. you go, you go, you go first name. Okay. And I'll go. I'll go second name. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go first name, Bubba. Big Bubba. Uh, gravitas. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Detective Bubba Gravitas. <laughs> and Timmy Hot Tubsworth. <laughs> Gravitas Tubsworth. (laughs) One is a dangerous cop, the other is an animated barrel with a dead monk in him. (laughs) It's a a dead monk in him all the way through the rest of the film. (laughs) And it gradually decomposes. (laughs) So, okay. So they're now partners, and they take one of the monks in for interrogation. Um, now, at this point, there's been another costume change. I like the idea at this point, Dolph Lundgren's dressed normally, 
but the costume is animated. Yeah. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's absolutely. like jeans and a t-shirt, but it's drawn on. Yeah. Um, and I like the other sometimes the 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 rotoscope effect doesn't quite match his movement. So occasionally he peeks out from behind it and you can see a flash of testicle or something. Yeah. Um, it looks like the uh, 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 the aha uh, uh, kind of video where it's kind of yeah. shimmering and yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so they interrogate the guy. Now, what ridiculous way I think he should kill himself. So because the Tibet like the like the Yakuza are in this, the samurai, sorry, the 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 Tibetan monks are I think I've got it, but go in on. Possession of power. So as they they're out in the thing sort of talking to each other, they don't notice the <laughs> Tibetan monk preparing to commit suicide to stop him from talking. How does he commit suicide? I I think that he's seen He's secretly a cartoon character. <laughs> so he just runs at a wall, splashes what he's like. <laughs> you know, I think that's funnier if it's not a cartoon, if he just runs at a wall and just explodes all yeah. over it. He does. But they're talking that, and they yeah. just see him run at a wall. And just go... <laughs> he doesn't even run that fast. He just, it's like... <laughs> yeah, okay. So he just runs into a wall and explodes. Um... But they scoop up his his remains and get it tested at a lab. Yeah. And that tells them. Right. So hang on. So then we cut to the Tibetan monk bad guy. So who's yeah. our villain? Um, I think it be, should be someone who is not Tibetan, clearly, mm. and who is, but he's dressed as a monk. What about um, Rutger Hauer? Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, Rutger Hauer. Um, I've got yeah. a suggestion. <laughs> I don't know why. Can he have a right-hand man who mm. tell who kind of carries out his orders? But his right-hand man, he looks like Morph, <laughs> just a little plastic <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah. How about this then? How about because you know sometimes villains have like prosthetic limbs or a blade for a hand mm. or whatever. How about his right-hand man is literally his his right hand has been severed and he's got a plasticine hand. Yeah. That occasionally. <laughs> takes the form of a person that he yeah. then talks to. Perfect. Perfect. That is voiced by No, how about we go like classic British Shakespearean? I did I was thinking that that I started going down that that, that Derek that, Jacobi. That, that Should we get Jacobi yes. in there? Let's get Der- Jacobi in. Let's get Derek Jacobi. As a plasticine hand. <laughs> but can he swear a lot? Oh yeah. He's putting on like an East London accent. Yeah. And with lots of swear, but it's not that convincing. Stop scratching your fucking ass, man. Stuff like <laughs> yeah, that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Rutger Hauer. Yeah, can on. Rutger Hauer and Derek Jacobi. <laughs> there's a kind of Tibetan, but it's it's kind of that eighties slash nineties thing where it's they're running where around Bicep Mountain, there's kind of like bars and stuff, and they kind of uh, they, they're sitting on a throne watching all this kind of debauchery going on. Mm. And it's kind of like Tia Carrera's character, mm. there's kind of you know a few women walking around, but they're all animated and they're clean, <laughs> being used for slavery. Yeah. So our Tia Carrera character, who they rescue, what can she be? Um. So she's animated, right? I, I was thinking animated skunk. Yeah, I like the idea that that she's not made to look sexy. She is like a realistic drawing. Like she just looks like a big skunk she, yeah she's not been made to look cute or endearing or human in any way it's but just they've given a, her really whoever plays it's got a really sexy voice yeah 
So she's a skunk voiced by... Why don't we just go J-Lo? <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Yeah, no, that'd be good, yeah. Yeah, I'm up for that. Okay, so J-Lo as uh, a f- almost photo real but drawn skunk in a sexy outfit. Yeah, with a huge kind of tail that she kind of whips around all over the show. Yeah. Does Rutger Hauer's plasticine-handed monk commit an awful sex crime uh, in the same way that our showdown little photo Kevin. I like that. Can I? Okay. I, no, I think I've got this. So he's he's got J-Lo's friend mm. who is um, a live action actress. Yep. I think. Yeah. And, but Rutger Hauer beheads her, mm. but not with a sword. He beheads her with his animated penis. So he pulls right. down his shorts and he's got a big, silly... It's kind of like, imagine Goofy as a penis. Right. Like floppy all over. And he just thwacks her in the head and her head drops off. Yeah. And he videos it and broadcasts it live from a big screen or top bicep mountain for everyone to see. Because he don't give a shit. Oh, and... oh his, his hand is... <laughs> Jack of his... He's like the T-1000, so it can turn into, like, yes. shapes and stuff. Yes. Yeah. And But he talks as he's killing her. Like... Yeah. <laughs> he, he No, he says what he's doing. <laughs> Cut your yeah. fucking head off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so the skunk thing <laughs> runs to uh, <laughs> Gravitas and Tubsworth and says... <laughs> Look at the shit that's going on up at Skunk Mountain. Um, sorry, Bicep Mountain. Uh, can you help me? And they're like, of course we can. Well, she, she tells yeah. her fuck off. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. Yeah, yeah. he tells her to fuck off, right? She goes, because they think it's a separate case. Mm. She goes back. They These guys then go to a club. Um, that's a Tibetan themed club. Yep. Um, and uh, it's full of naked women and whatever. There's a big fight. We don't need to elaborate on that. It's a fairly competent fight. And yeah. it's trip. We, we, you know, it's the kind of fight where, you know, we're not acknowledging that one of the characters is an animated barrel. He, you know, it's just he's doing Never. proper fight moves. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then <laughs> Lundgren chases out the bad guys who get into a double decker bus and Lundgren's going to jump this thing, but he jumps and rather than clearing it, he just hits both of his shins on the top of the door and <laughs> face plants on the top of the bus and just slides along it and drops off the end. Um, and he really, what's he wearing in it? What's his suit he wearing when he does this? Um, he's wearing a morph suit, a, a green lycra morph suit. Because they were going to put the effects in later. They were going to animate, but they forgot. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and the barrel comes out, still with the legs of a Tibetan monk flopping about yeah. at the top. And goes, uh, you know what I found in there? A medallion that links the bad guys to... Uh, or they just say, like, you know, the bad guys, I think they might be Tibetan monks, even though it's obvious they are. Yeah. And they go, oh, no, the skunk was right. Mm-hmm. Um and then they go and sit up on a hill and they watch the skunk um, being kind of just lightly shoved around by Rutger Hauer. 
Yeah. Um, we don't want to go too nasty here. Um, and he occasionally helicopters with his animated penis. Um, <laughs> and anyway, he's also voiced by Jake Jackson. <laughs> he's doing a different voice, doing a different yeah. voice. Effect. It's a much more, much lower, lower voice. And then Lundgren, um, sorry, uh, Rutgerhouse sods off, he goes shopping or something, and leaves the bad guys. And so Lundgren's like, right, hold these binoculars, Tubsworth. I'm going in. And he's he's actually dressed as Frankenstein this time. He's yeah. got the bolts and the big <laughs> forehead, green face paint, but only covering the face, like his neck and ears uh, are yeah. human colour. Massive um, boots. Massive like boots, boots that keep falling <laughs> off. Because yeah. they're not they're not hard boots, they're like soft kids' boots. Yeah. Uh, and he keeps falling over. And he just walks through walls and doors. And he's got a big gun that he just he fires, you know, like Robocop does in the warehouse where he's firing and not looking. Yeah. And, well, yeah. Lundgren's doing this, only he's clearly missing everyone. Like he's pointing in a different direction, and yet the people are still yeah. flying over the balconies and what have you. But also, as he's going for the house, he's making more noise. So at some point he gets he finds a pneumatic drill and he just kind of picks it up and starts going to go on the floor with it, just killing yeah. people. He know, somehow walks into a cupboard. And gets entangled in a one-man band <laughs> thing. <laughs> so he's walking around, and there's a trumpet going and cymbals. From, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but none of the none of the bad guys notice him. He manages to creep up behind all of them yeah. and shoot them. And, and no shout, one... "You'll never see me coming!" <laughs> like at the top of his voice. <laughs> yeah. Then he kills them, and and then shouts, "You you didn't see me coming!" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, he busts into into uh, J Lo skunk animated skunk's room. Um, what's her name? I was just going to say what's it. We need. Um... <laughs> Go on, you got one. Uh, her name is Zazu Crackerbaps. <laughs> uh, so they he rescues her. Yep. Bursts into a room. I like the idea that he walks out of the window but it's not like onto a balcony he just falls three stories <laughs> and crashes into the ground yep um and then just picks her up and throws her into a into the boot and off they drive yeah um they go back to the house yep um and then can he have built a cartoon house like it looks like yeah. a like um i don't know like mr strong's house or something or yeah like... it's it's um it's a kind of fair groundy kind of crooked house um bit like the fun house um and tubsworth goes and sits outside he goes look i'm gonna leave you two alone yeah i'm gonna go and sit out and just have a a nice nap in the cool air so he goes and sleeps and he wakes up to find <laughs> gravitas and crackerbaps and the corpse of a dead Monk, all in yeah. his, all yeah. up in his barrel, <laughs> like properly banging away. Yeah, it's fr the water's frothing, but that kind of cartoon yeah. bubbles where it's like you know, yeah. kind of suds and everything. Can't tell where one of them begins and the other one ends. Yeah. Like there's there's too many legs for the amount of people in there. Um, and he's just like, oh come on, oh, I oh. and then um, as they're reaching climax. Mm. I want Crackerbaps to shout, I can hear you coming. <laughs> <laughs> and then literally uh, he he 
let's rip with a fully animated spunk blob like it's 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 just drawn and it just keeps keeps happening it blow her into a tree because she just fire into a tree yeah and uh tubsworth's face is just one of of horror um and then um um and then the bad guys attack lung uh Rutger Howe is like, I'm fed up. <laughs> and he met the Wilhelm scream as he ejaculates. And yeah, just at that, he, he's fishing Crackerbaps out of a tree. Um, <laughs> and then the bad guys... Leave, leave her in there for the rest <laughs> of the film. <laughs> and the, the bad guys attack... And uh, like he's like, come on, Tubsworth. And Tubsworth like try to empty himself because he's he's like, I'm oh, God, I've got what's going, what's floating around in here now. Um, and it, it's like, you have got uh, just before we die, you've got the 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 biggest testicles I've ever seen, not penis testicles I've ever seen on a man. Um, I know because I could feel them swashing about, sloshing about inside my head. You filthy <laughs> prick. <laughs> just got his image now. Dolph Lundgren banging in a cartoon barrel. <laughs> like, at one point, they create a whirlpool. They go around Anyway. Um, they get captured, and I I want this to be legit the same. Um, but I also like the idea. This is entirely played straight. This is real torture. Mm. But I like the idea of seeing Tubsworth, an animated barrel, tied to an electric grating, and actually like screaming in pain. Yep. Um, and they're they're doing that, and then How Rutger Hauer. Um, have we had a character name for his bad guy yet? No, we haven't. So, I, I, I do, I can um, generate some names here as well. <laughs> Frank Hotnob, <laughs> um, Stuart Fingerbeast, um, Fingerbeast, oh god, <laughs> uh, I, this is legitimately a name that I've thrown at Gummy Udders. Um, I'm not sure if that fits. What else we got? So he's basically a kind of king of a banana republic, isn't he? So he needs to have some sort of yeah. ri- ridiculous regally kind of title. What about? Um, is he European as well? Are we going European with with Botka Howard? Yeah. But um, <clears throat> Eros. Eros. Yeah. First, I'll take a name. Uh, oh. What about Euros? Euros Eros. <laughs> yep, Eurus Eros. What's um, the hand? What's what's uh, Jacoby's character called? Um, Crawford. Just that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and then they've gone back up to to Bicep Mountain. I mean, I, we don't really know. There, there's there's diamonds or some shit up there, and they've taken. There's a volcano up there as well. Yeah, it's going to blow up or some shit. We never really established. Okay, so that. I've got an idea for that. I've got an idea for that. Great. Um, 
So he's got cracker baps up there. It's going to explode. There's lots of musty men. And Tubsworth and Gravitas are like, well, you know, they think we've been electrocuted. Let's let them believe that. Um, yep. uh, and now it's time to, to, to tool up. And then we cut to a scene of um, Gravitas, Detective Gravitas, doing loads of weird martial arts stuff. Mm. None of it's martial arts at all. No. And then he gets into his final outfit, which is the most ridiculous outfit we've yep. had so far. I think it's got to be like a pantomime dame <laughs> outfit. <laughs> like really badly applied lipstick, massive skirt, big frilly bloomers and everything. Yeah, completely un you know, unsuitable for a combat situation. Or, or any situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. And off they go. And they also steal a truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're going to drive it up the side of the mountain. Yeah. Um, and here we have our big finale. Mm. So um, Tubsworth goes off and fights a bunch of bad guys, um, and he he tries to drown them all in his in his. In his Can he go like red? Can he kind of go really kind of like cross his eyes and the, and the water kind of turns red and starts steaming, and yeah. he kind of the 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 barrel kind of looks like fire. He's yes. got like a fight mode. I like that he does a barrel roll and yeah. knocks him over like bowling <coughs> pins. Um, whereas uh, Gravitas is trying to rescue uh, Crackerbaps, who, to remind everyone, is an animated skunk, yep. uh, voiced by Jennifer Lopez. And that leads him into his final confrontation <laughs> with Eros Euros yep. and his hand Crawford. So what what's what's your finale in mind? What's going to happen with so this? So basically, they kind of fight into a volcano. And Lundgren just picks up Tubsworth and just twats him over the head with Tubsworth like repeatedly, <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> um, and then kind of uh, just finds like a comical javelin or something and just runs him through mm. and just throws him like complete uh, really far into this volcano like proper shot put and you just then it, it cuts to like the, the shot of uh euros Zero stuck on the javelin and he, he's clearly animated or cgi and it looks rubbish mm. and then he falls into the volcano and you think ah that's it and they're walking away um like dolphin has got one shoe off his pantomime dame outfit yeah and he's kind of hobbling away tubs was kind of a bit knackered now he's kind of half his water's fallen out and he's got a black yeah. one of those comical black eyes and then out of the lava rises like uh crawford uh and yes. he's basically like, like the t-1000 yeah but he looks he looks the face looks a bit like jacoby now but it's yes. kind of like a morph t-1000 well can, now he's come out can it be actually jacoby <laughs> in a in a in a prosthetic costume like a yes. rubbery costume yes and then he's like you won't get away with this gravitas and Dolph Lundgren turns around uppercuts him and he fl and uppercuts him into space and he flies into space and that's where the credit that's where it ends <laughs> yep with it... Derek Jacoby in like a, a rubber brown rubber suit yep just slowly going off into space yeah what's he shouting as he's been flying in space is he shouting something fuck it <laughs> <laughs> yep done um 
and then that's where we have the title of the film yeah. is at the end. Yeah. Um, it just says the title of the film and introducing Derek Jacobi, and then it ends. Beautiful. Yeah. I think we've surpassed ourselves this this time round with Explosion at Bicep Mountain. Um, Can Aha have done the same as well? Oh, we didn't like, talk Ar-Hav's... about the the animated sex scene, did we? I mean, I think no, you could we use your imagination. It's um, horrible. It's awful. Like, you know, yeah, just disgraceful. At the end, Aha have done the same. And it's kind of like the Take On Me video, but like worse. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of all of them are badly animated um, and kind of dancing around uh, in this video. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's perfect. Um, there we go. And what's it, what's the song called? It needs to be. It can't be the ti- it can't be the title, but it needs to be something. Um... Um, no. Uh, how about? So I like I like the idea of it being strangely sexual. Yeah. Um, I'm inside you. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. How about it's inside you? Yeah. Brackets all along. That sound. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and. Yeah, that's it. Um, but I think we had to go big. I mean, the the film we're we're using as our launching point, Shown in Little Tokyo, is bizarre enough um, that we had to introduce yeah. sexualized animated characters. Yep. Um, and a claymation hand. Justice, justice, justice. See, what lessons have we learned from Showdown in Little Tokyo? I think first and foremost, if if you're walking down the street, casually minding your own business, you know, whistling away, you just have to buy a pint of milk or something, and then a a kind of member of a ethnic community flies out of a window and splatters on the pavement in front of you, you need to immediately stop what you're doing, mm. run into that establishment, and just start fighting everyone, and then just hope that the person that you end up with at the end, you can team on some sort of hilarious slash dangerous mission. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you meet your best <coughs> friends and most trusted people in the middle of random brawls. Um, yeah. I think as well, um, believe in your ability as a justice seeker and the powers that grants you that righteousness. Um, don't You don't need to look when crossing the road. Just walk out. And if a car comes, just jump over it. Just jump in the air, it'd be fine. Yep. Um, I also think that it's important to know that the seeking of justice trumps everything else. So you can, you know, you can just do whatever you want and the police can't can't touch you for it if you're right. Yeah, um, which, you will, which you will be. You'll, you'll yeah. be right. Uh, also, never underestimate the tactical advantage of wearing a giant headband. No, ever. And big puffy trousers. I ever. mean, there's there's too many lessons to learn here. Just watch the film and follow yeah. that. Do what they do. Yeah, make um, notes along the way. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know about you, but I am spent. I am absolutely exhausted. Um, I have I have emptied all my creativity. If I had an animated barrel, it would be full. <laughs> It'd be brimming yeah. over with yeah. creativity and uh, uh, creative sauce. juices. so um we're gonna take a well uh needed break for the week and we're gonna come back next week with more of this kind of oh shit (laughs) (laughs) 